Hey. Hey! Dr. Doom, right? You want to apologize to us before you get beaten up or after? Jan, and don't think I've forgotten about you, robot girl. I mean, seriously, do you really think you're going to walk away from this? You think you're the only wannabe world ruler we've taken down? Here's a tip. Putting on a skirt over your second-rate Iron Man armor? Not helping. What, you're too good to talk to me? How does that bad guy that... Miss Van Dyne, I am not some common criminal that can be distracted by your prattling. You are nothing to doom. And your pathetic attempts to play mind games with me amount to exactly less than nothing. So please, stop embarrassing yourself. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of El Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah, and today with me is a very special guest. You want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Colleen O'Shaughnessy. I am a voice actor. And you might know Colleen as the current voice of Tales on the Sonic series and Sonic Boom. You, you might indeed. Um, I also play a bunch of other characters. I'm, um, I've done a fair amount of anime. Uh, you might know me as Eno and Konohamaru on Naruto. Um, and I am now currently playing Chocho on Boruto. Um, Sora from Digimon, Jazz from Danny Phantom. I don't know. I am deep. from Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Avengers, yep, yep. I mean, it just goes on and on. I, like, at some point, you just kind of look back at your career and you're like, ah, oh, that's, <laughs> oh yeah, I was, I did that. <laughs> yep. So, it's pretty but... good. So first question is, how did you get involved in voice acting and what made you want to pursue it as a full-time profession? Well, I uh, went to the University of Michigan for musical theater, and I was uh, about to graduate, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, I kind of had decided I really didn't want to go to New York and do theater, and I, Chicago was pretty close to Michigan, so I checked out Chicago, and I wasn't really, didn't really want to do that. And I had a, a dance instructor. I used to do voices all the time. I always just would give inanimate objects voices. I didn't even realize I was doing it half the time. And she heard me and she came running over and she said, was that you? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry. It just happened. She goes, no, you need to do voiceover. And that's when it was like, what? Yes, I do. And, you know, it hadn't really occurred to me up until that point. And so I moved out to L.A. because I did some research and that was where you had to be and um, took a chance and here I am. Kind of crazy. And that's uh, that's kind of what's interesting about voiceovers. Like you, it doesn't really occur to you that when you're watching a cartoon or show that th those are actual people getting paid to do that. Yeah, that's somebody's job. It's so crazy. I mean, I, I remember like, you know, as a kid uh, just wondering to myself endlessly, how do they do it? Like, how do they make the, make these cartoons? And then, <laughs> and, then, and then as I got older, I found out, oh, it's, it's the animation process. And wait a minute, they get people to come in and record their voices. What? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. My, my nephew, when he was little, he used to love Doc McStuffins and I got to play the part of Pickles on Doc McStuffins and the Pickles episode happened to be one of his favorites just by happenstance and, uh, my sister would tell him that's Auntie Colleen. No, it's not. It's pickles. Like he just was like, stop saying that. That's crazy talk. He did not understand it. It was too much for him, and he just wouldn't wouldn't hear it. 
And I mean, I remember, and, uh, I remember like you know, I don't know if you grew up watching like uh, Hanna Barbera stuff. Oh yeah. But I, I I remember it blew it blew my mind when I discovered who who Frank Welker is and what and and all the voices he did on those shows. I'm like, wow. <laughs> He's amazing, and I was so fortunate to get to work with him on a Scooby Doo um, project that was just so much fun, and you know, it just. All these years later, and yeah, growing up with watching Scooby-Doo and getting to work with him in the same room was crazy and awesome. Oh, my God, you're a Jabberjaw. <laughs> yeah. And he's Fred and Scooby and, like, all the monsters. And he just, yeah, he's amazing. So uh, how did you land the role of Sauron, Digimon? I, my agent sent me on this audition, and I went and I auditioned, and they picked me and you know I really didn't know much about anime at that point and I really you know was just at that point it was just oh this is another audition here I go and um and I booked it and I, I doing it my very first show that I did was the kids from room 402 and I happened to do the audition in the same room um at Fox Kids it was Fox Kids at the time and it was in the same place where we would record kids from room 402 and that's where I did my Digimon audition I was like hmm that's so you know weird cool whatever but the funny thing was that aired before kids from room 402 because 402 was a uh, an original animation so it took you know a long time to animate it whereas Digimon, poof, it was on TV. It was really, I was like, what? My voice is coming out of a cartoon. That's so weird. Yeah, because the Sora was your first official anim, uh, animation credit. Yeah, my very first anime. Yeah, and the first thing to air. Yeah, kind of crazy. So, that seems like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> seems like only yesterday I was coming home from high school and watching Digimon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what was it like being a part of the Digimon franchise? It was great. You know, I didn't realize, you know, I, I had no concept of what really it meant. I didn't know how popular it was in Japan. I didn't know how popular it was going to be here. I kind of didn't know because it was my first one. And I, I didn't realize that there was this subculture of anime fans. And now it's, you know, it's everywhere and there's so many more fans that's just that you know people come up to me and they're like oh you were my childhood and I'm like wow it's um it's kind of amazing to be part of that and to know how much you affected people as they were kids i mean and especially looking back at that show most of the people who had come in to do the main cast were pretty much new at, at anime dubbing at the time so tell me about the dubbing process for that show it was so stressful because I had no idea what I was doing. You know, they, I, I got a sort of a brief tutorial, but I think they kind of assumed that I knew and I didn't. And so I had to ask. So that makes you feel dumb because they hired you. You should know what you're doing. And I didn't. So it was a lot of on the job training, you know, listening for the beeps before you speak and having to match what you say to the lip flaps and, and then all the efforts that there are an anime that I was not prepared for at all. Cause I, you know, it makes you uncomfortable. You're like, first of all, they say, huh, about 8,000 times. And in every different possible way, you don't get the scripts ahead of time. So you don't know exactly what's going on. Although we had great directors that were great about explaining to you, but you could be in line four and then not again until line 87 and then not again until 102. So you wouldn't necessarily know <laughs> what happened in between. Um, so it was it was very um 
I was like stressed out by the time I got home, I was exhausted <laughs> because it was just a lot of brain power having to read the script and look at the screen and match everything up. It was, it was difficult. Uh, I think, uh, I remember, uh, listening to an interview with Laura Jill Miller and, and it was like her first, um, a- animated a- voiceover role and she was just confused as to what she, what they wanted her to do. And she yeah. was like, beeps, what? <laughs> Yeah, what? There's something in my headphones. I don't know what's happening. You know, it's, it's, it's confusing. And I mean, now I've been doing it for so long, you know, it's it's like falling off a log. But, um, yeah, it was in the beginning. I had no idea what I was doing. So how different? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say that there's, you know, there's little clues in the script to let you know if there's a pause or, you know, if it's faster or slower. Sometimes there's like, and I didn't, you know, it was like a secret code that I didn't know that I had to learn. And how how different is anime dubbing when compared to regular voice acting? To me, it's very different. Um, it's so original animation. Typically, you get the script ahead of time. These days, it's not as much. But um, most of the original animation that I have done has been a group record. So you're there with the whole cast. You're being able to you know, play off of each other, all the other actors and you're feeding off of their energy and they're feeding off of yours. And so it feels more like a complete scene when you're working on, um, the script. Whereas with anime, you're in there by yourself. And like I already said there, you don't get the scripts ahead of time. You don't necessarily know what's going on. And, um, it, it feels limiting to you sometimes, especially if you have, you know, you're trying to, you're an actor. So you're trying to, and all you have it, for, um, you know, to get your point across or to get the, the feeling or the whatever's happening in the scene, you know, all you have is your voice to do it. And if, if then on top of that restriction, you're, you're having to match animation that's already been finished and having to fit, fit that emotion or whatever that's going on in the scene into these flaps, it, it changes the way that you can approach the work. Like if my character in my mind would pause in a different place, it's too bad because there's no pause there and you have to fill the flaps the way that they need to. Plus then you add on top of that, um, that they translated it to English from Japanese, which doesn't always fit with the animation that's already there. So it just makes it, um, you know, it adds a, a few more layers that, um, that you're not necessarily prepared for in the very beginning. I'm much better at it now than I was in when I first started doing Digimon. Um, but it makes it a very different experience. I mean, and that's why you know a lot of uh, voice actors don't really do anime because it's it's uh, it's very um, con- time consuming and very it's it's a lot more difficult because you're in a room alone and you're and you have to like have, you only have like a limited time to to say your lines and they have to be like in within that l- number of uh, seconds otherwise yeah. you know they got to start over. Yeah, we always joked um, in the beginning like act faster. <laughs> <laughs> which is not typically a note you would get as an actor. You know, you think more emotion or more this or more that as far as what's happening in the scene. It was act faster. <laughs> Very funny. And I think that's why, you know, uh, English dubs are kind of controversial because they're kind of, you know, everyone has that way of talking, the anime way of talking where they talk really fast and it has to be yeah. set to set to those flaps. I do feel like the more shows that I've worked on, the directors especially and the writers are, they try very hard to take care with the story and, and they do care about the acting and they do want it to be more realistic and, you know, better acting than what some anime has had in the past. 
So I feel like it has definitely come up several notches from years past. I mean, it also it also helps that the people who started out uh, doing anime, you know, got better as as, yes. as they went along. <laughs> definitely helps to be better at your job. Yeah. Um, what was it like uh, returning to the role of Sora in Digimon Try? You know, it was kind of crazy because who would have thought that we would be revisiting that, you know, however many, was it 15 years later, 10, 15 years later? Um, so that, that in and of itself was kind of crazy, but also, um, it was, it was pretty cool because like we were just talking about how hard it was in the beginning and these characters have now grown up a little bit. Um, and so have I, or so had I. And so it was like, we, we had been along this journey. I, you know, obviously living my life and learning more and being better. And so to be, come back to this part that was my first anime role and get to reprise that role as she has matured and so have I as an actor and as a voice actor, um, was kind of a beautiful thing. It was kind of really cool to be able to do that. And I think, you know, it also helps that Try was aimed at a much more older audience. So, you know, they could get away with a lot more stuff that they you know you could you couldn't get away with back back then because it was for sure. kids <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah and definitely the storylines were a little bit deeper a little more flushed out plus you know animation the animation quality is a hell of a lot better than it was back, back yeah. then <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but but no i mean i asked because uh very rarely you know when they do when they do a um a continuation or of of any anime it you know by that time the actors uh, that 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 originally that originally did it probably like moved on to other projects and they become unavailable and they have to get someone else to do it so it's kind of a very very rare thing to have the original cast come back to 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 do it yeah it was great that they were able to get as many of us as as they did and i was happy to do it so uh how did you get the role of wasp in avengers so same kind of process. I, you know, was given an audition by my agent and I auditioned. And the funny thing about Wasp though, is I actually had three callbacks for that show. And I remember when my agent called and they said, they want to see you again. And I kind of was like, but why? Clearly they don't want me for this part. I don't understand. And I had um, talked to somebody at the studio who knew the people that were making choices and stuff. And he said, yeah, I really don't think your what they want. I mean, he was just being honest with me. He really it wasn't mean or anything, <laughs> which it sounds kind of mean. But I like that honesty because I'd rather know kind of what I'm up against. And whoever else they had called back, who I don't remember who it was, but the other, I think it was there were three of us. And I think the other two were closer in type and I was very different. And he said, yeah, I really don't think that they want what you're giving them. And I was like, well, should I do something else? He said, no, give them what they, what you gave them before. Um, but he said, I really think that you would be better suited for pepper pots. I'm like, well, I don't care which part it is. But he was like, I'll take pepper. That's cool too. Um, and then, uh, a few weeks later, my agent was like, you're a wasp. I'm like, no, I was, I was shocked. I did not think at all that I was going to get that part at all. And I was, I couldn't have been more excited. So it was, it was, uh, that was interesting. I, I did not know that. I did not know that they had auditioned, uh, three, three other, uh, two other people and, and they were kind well, of on the fence actually, about it. 
Yeah, they had auditioned lots of people, but yeah, they had narrowed it down to the three of us, and um, who knew? I mean, because it's weird, because you watch that show, and it's like, yeah, she's perfect for the role. It's kind of a no-brainer <laughs> when well, they cast her. Thank you. I I have to say I'm very proud of that part. I'm honored to have been able to play her. Um, it was That was one of the most fun group records ever. And most of the time it was me and a whole room full of guys because a lot, a lot of the episodes, she was the only, the only chick around, but all of them were lovely. Of course, I, I always got put next to Fred Tatasciore, who was the Hulk. And he like, you know, when he's doing his Hulk smash thing, I, I literally had to duck sometimes because he moved his arms around. I'm like, whoa, he's moving. Yeah. He's a, he's a method actor. (laughs) Which I have to say that like, you know, I said earlier about you, all you have is your voice. For me, I have to stand when I do voiceover and you do, you need your physicality. You need, even though nobody can see your body, you need to use your body to make it all work and make your point come across through your voice. It's, it's kind of, kind of crazy. Like when you do commercial copy, they'll tell you to literally just put a smile on your face. And for some reason it works. It makes it sound like you actually care about the product or whatever it is that you're saying. If you just simply put a smile on your face, even if you don't really feel it, just the act of doing that. So when you do physical things while you're voice acting, it helps, it helps you become that character more fully. Um, I, I think you know it also helps that uh, you know ca- casting directors uh, and uh, well and uh, voice uh, voice directors kind of uh, go 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 the distance sometimes with with trying to make because it's their job to make it sound authentic to 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 make it to make it sound like these are actual human beings talking and they Absolutely. need they need the best performance they can otherwise you know it just kind of it's gonna it's just gonna sound stilted. Absolutely. For so, sure. it does it feel weird being considered by many people to be the definitive voice of the Janet uh, Van Dyne uh, incarnation of Wasp? Well, if people think that, I am honored and thrilled, and that's amazing. Especially now that she's been realized in live action form. Um, you know, if, if that's what people think, I will take it because that's I, I take that as a huge, huge compliment, and that thrills me to no end. Uh, and and, it's, and what's and what's uh, interesting is that uh, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes was kind of the last inc- it's the last piece of Marvel media where Ant Man is uh, is uh, Hank Pym and uh, Wasp is Janet. After that, it's it's Scott and uh, and Hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot because there were a couple of guys in the booth that were comic book guys from from long ago, and so they they schooled me on a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I, I learned a lot about the franchise, um, while I was doing the show. Cause I was not a comic book kid, so I didn't know all the different, um, you know, pathways of the different characters and stuff. So Bolly Wingert taught me a lot and so did, uh, Phil Lamar. They both were comic book guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Wally, uh, you guys had some great chemistry on that show. That, we had uh, yeah. the whole cast. Like it was <laughs> just, it was, I know it sounds silly to say it was magical, but it was, it was magical. We just. You know, it was kind of seamless. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to watch that show because, like, uh, it's you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a huge comic book guy, and every time I read, you know, a piece of like Avengers uh, comics, your guys' voices are, are what pops into my head when I read the, those characters' dialogues. 
Thank you. I love that. I mean, I I just adore like uh, you know James C. Masters the uh, the third. He's he's Black he's Black Panther. I cannot hear yeah. anyone else but him. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> you know, same with Eric Loomis. He is Iron Man. You know, he is that character. I thought so too. <laughs> Oh God! I, I mean, I could I could sit here all day and talk about Avengers, but we got to get moving. Um, okay. Uh, how did you get involved in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, and were you familiar with the series before you landed the role of Charmy B? Um, I was familiar with Sonic the Hedgehog. I had, of course, heard of uh, heard tell of him. Um, you know, Charmy. Honestly, people ask me that question. I do not remember exactly how Charmy came about. I'm sure it was an audition, and I got the role and when you do video games it's a little bit the same as uh, the difference is with anime you have the the beeps and stuff with video games you don't but you're also you're you are alone in the booth um so i didn't know how charmy fit in to the whole sonic universe i didn't know what the games were like um and then when sonic boom came along and i was auditioning for tales um i i didn't know that backstory either so i had seen the pictures before, but I really didn't, I wasn't familiar with Tails as being Sonic's sidekick and the whole, you know, their whole canon. I didn't know all of that stuff. So again, I learned a lot <laughs> because I, because I didn't know. But, um, so honestly, I don't remember. I'm guessing, yes, of course I auditioned for Charmy, but I don't really, that wasn't a sticking one that stuck out in my mind as, but I do very much remember, um, the Sonic Boom callback. Because Kate Higgins was there, and I didn't know that Tails was her part. And so we had a very frank conversation in the lobby, and I said, wait a minute. I don't want to go audition for your part. This is your part. And she said, no, no, no. We've talked. I've talked to them. They've talked. We've had long discussions. She said, don't. And I think she was there to call back for maybe sticks. I can't remember. Um, but she was good with it. So that was the only reason I went into the room for my callback because I, you know, you don't ever want to be taking somebody's part if they're, you know, for whatever reason. So, but she, she gave me her blessing. So, but, but at the same time, it's like whenever, you know, whenever you get called back, it's, it means either two things. One, you know, they heard something they like and they want to make sure of it. Or two, you know, you get another chance. Absolutely. For sure. Um, but you know, I, I have had, I've been replaced on, um, shows before and sometimes it's, it's nothing that you did. And so lots of times it's not, you know, it's not necessarily because, oh, that actor's no good anymore. Or they don't like what you did. There could be any millions of reasons why they decide to recast a show. Um, so that's why I wanted to talk to her first and just see what the situation was before I went in and auditioned for her part. I mean that that's very that's very conservative of you because most most people would have just been like okay you know person X did this and I'm I'm auditioning for their role that's fine it's I know business. and it's, it's hard not to take it personally because you feel so connected to those characters they feel like little pieces of you and you feel like well but that you know you feel like it's yours when in reality you know it's show business not show gooey feelings. <laughs> So, you know, you just have to like put on your business hat and go, you know what, it, this is the way the business goes. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose and you just have to, you know, pick yourself up and audition for the next thing and hope that you get it. So, so how did you land the role of Tails and, and did you just audition for the role of Sonic Boom or for the remainder of the series? When I was auditioning for Sonic Boom, it was understood that 
we would also be doing the video games. And actually, we recorded the first game that I did as Tales. We recorded that first before we started the show. Um, so, yeah, I had that callback, and they picked me. Um, casting has always been a, it's a nebulous thing. You just never know why or how, and you're just thrilled when it happens, and you have to just move on when it doesn't. So. I mean, you know, we we saw that happen recently with Sonic uh, Team Sonic Racing, where you know some of the cast were replaced, and it, it confused a lot of people online. Yeah. yeah, well, and sometimes it's that you know, like you said earlier, the 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 actor has moved on, and who knows why? You know, there's no, you just never know. It, it was especially weird for me because I had met uh, Quentin Flynn at a at a you know a convention last year, and it was mm-hmm. kind of weird like seeing a Sonic game with him not being silver because I got used to that for uh, yeah. eight, eight years now. So kind of crazy, huh? Yeah, it's just like oh, he's not silver anymore. Any reason given? Nope. <laughs> well, and like you know the games, we don't see everybody, so we're in there by ourselves. So I. And sometimes I don't know what other characters are in the game besides me because Tails isn't in every game either. So you just never know. I always have to ask my son. I'm like, was I in that one or this other one? Because <laughs> he, he knows better than I do. <laughs> After a while, it just they all blend together. It's like, yeah, sure, I, I was in that one probably. I mean, I, I, real, I remember, oh, it's a Sonic game, but I don't always know what they're, you know, they all have a little bit different added title that I don't always commit to memory. So, you know, uh, I remember colors and I remember, like, I remember, so I'm like, Oh, was I in that one? Or was it the other one? I, but I know I was in the racing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would be weird because it, it was the, it's the most recent one and it's kind of yeah, would be that weird. that if it was in. We also did a Twitter takeover. That was a blast. Oh my gosh. We had so much fun doing that. Yeah. That was fun. Um, do you, do you have any pre-recording exercises when it comes to doing tales as a voice? Um, every once in a while, if I know I have a long video game session for him, I will do some vocal warmups, but I also will just kind of know that probably the next day my voice is going to be really tired because while if, when I was working on the show, it, his voice, doing his voice didn't bother me, but the video games, because it's just me for depending on how long the session is, but up to four hours. And because he, you know, it's that boy voice, it's gravelly and it's all heightened. It's all like, because it's a video game. So you're, you know, the energy is up keeping that up the whole time. It, it definitely tires out my voice, even though there's, there isn't all the, you know, the death and the screaming and all that from some, like some other video games because it's a boy voice. And because of that heightened energy, I, I do get tired, but I don't have a, I, I don't feel like I have to if I'm not going to be doing it for an extended period of time. Because his 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 voice is you know he's you know whenever you know they ask women to do um you know boys voices they always tell them you know go a little bit you know deeper a little bit gravelly to you know make it sound at, like a boy and not not a woman doing a boy's voice. <laughs> yeah, and it's a strange thing to wrap your head around how how one makes that happen. I. And people have asked me and I don't, I kind of don't know. Like, it's just, I think in his character and then I can speak like him. It's very strange. Um, how it, how it just comes out of my mouth. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the things about doing boy voices that they really want to try and make you sound as much like a real boy as possible. And somehow I figured out how to do it. So. I mean, it must. Have, I mean, it must have been weird at first, but you know, after doing it for 
you know, nine years now. God, has it been that long? But it has. <laughs> you, you get used to it. Yeah. Well, and I had done other boy voices before Tales, so um, you know, he was sort of in my wheelhouse. Um, you know, he obviously a very different character than a lot of the other boys I've played, but um, in that realm, yes. And what's your favorite Sonic Boom episode? Oh goodness, um, I think it's a tie. I think it's a tie between um, Tails Crush when I, I played both Tails and Zoe, which was crazy, um, but so much fun. And then also um, any of the, the the two episodes that we got to be the boy band Dudetude, which was hilarious. Those are my favorite. Oh, yeah, because because I, I think I think the boy band one is the funniest one because it's oh. so stupid and meta and, and it's just hilarious. We laughed our faces off like we couldn't get through it. We were laughing so hard at all of those sessions. Sonic Boom was a joy. It was and it was absolute bliss. I could not have been in a better mood leaving those sessions than I. You know, I, it was everyone was hilarious. The writing was hilarious. I would laugh out loud reading the scripts at home before I got there. That's how great the writing was. Um, and then once we got in there, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm honestly amazed they managed to to get you guys to not not only finish the most of the episodes but you know to to say most of your lines without laughing hysterically oh seriously to rein us in was impossible it was like hurting cats it was we were just laughing the whole time so much fun and what was your favorite thing about working on sonic boom the cast the cast and the writers because uh, like the writing was just so perfect and just the whole um you know getting to be there every thursday or every other thursday and hang out with them was just a blast uh, yeah, I mean that's you got a great, you know, great cat. I mean, especially like concerning as I because I rewatched that show and I didn't realize that oh wow the main cast is actually most of the characters, which is just weird, but it works. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah, it was a blast. It was so so much fun. Yeah, I mean, you had Roger, uh, Travis, Nika, Cindy, Wally, Kurt. Yeah, Wally oh and yeah, Kurt. Racked me up. I wanted a spin-off of uh, Orbot and Cubot. They cracked me up. Um, do, do you still keep in touch with any of the cast members of the various shows you've worked on? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're all super, super busy. Um, I actually, the, the day that we got to do the Twitter thing was so much fun to hang out with Roger and Kirk and Mike. We had a, so much fun that day. Um, I haven't seen Nika in a really long time. It's funny, my, my husband actually sees her because she plays poker and so does he. So <laughs> I, I sent her a thing on Instagram and I'm like, say hi to my husband because they were both in Vegas at the same time. Um, but I love him to pieces. And, um, you know, Cindy and Cindy and I will go hang out every once in a while. But again, it's been a long time, which is, you know, life takes over and you try to get together with people, even just your, everyday friends, let alone your work friends. So, um, but last night I went out with a, with a voiceover friend, Cindy, um, not Cindy, not Cindy. I went with Christina, Christina Puccelli. She's on the loud house and she oh. and I, <laughs> well, she was on the show. So <laughs> shout out. Uh, There's a shout out, Christina. <laughs> Christina woo. Oh, she was on your show. Yeah. Yeah. She was. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, she's I good, love her. She's a good, good friend of mine as well. So there you go. Oh. Well, we went out and had a we had a great time last night. Um, we went to dinner and saw a show at the Almondson Theater. Super fun. Yeah, to- total sweetheart. 
Yep, the best. Uh, what was what were the best and worst pieces of advice you received as an actor? Hmm. Probably the best piece of advice I was given um, was to uh, do boy voices. I was at a callback for the Powerpuff Girls, um, and I was doing two different characters, and um, I, I think I was doing Bubbles. And she said, oh, you sound a little too much like a boy. Can you girl it up? And I was like, what? Because in my head, all my characters were girls. It hadn't occurred to me at that point that I could do boy voices. And I said, well, uh, okay. So I did it again and tried thinking more girly. Um, and so, you know, whatever, got through the callback and did the whole thing. And then at the very end, she said, you need to go tell your agent that you do boy voices. And I said, oh, okay. And that kind of freaked me out because I didn't know. I was like, oh, that's a whole different thing. And so I had to really think about it and think about what's different about, you know, a little boy versus a little girl and how they sound and their mannerisms and all that kind of stuff. And uh, But I think that was like, that was probably the best piece of advice um, I've ever been given. I can't think of bad advice. Anybody that's given me bad advice. I don't think I've, I don't think I've been given bad acting advice. Thank goodness. <laughs> Because <laughs> hopefully I wouldn't have taken it. There, uh, well, I mean, you know, there, there probably would have been like at least somebody who, who who probably said you should be great for that role, and then you weren't, and it's just like, oh well. <laughs> Possibly, if they did, though, I don't remember, and and I don't blame them. <laughs> uh, what would you say is your most underrated role? Most underrated role. That probably would be my very first one from Kids from Room 402, Polly McShane. She was my favorite, favorite, favorite. And she, you know, I don't think she got enough. Um, I think the show in general didn't get enough attention. And it was at a weird time for Fox Kids. And it was like competing with Recess, which was a very similar show at the same time on Disney. And so I don't, th I don't think Polly got a fair shake. Because to, my, my favorite role of yours, and this is kind of sound weird, but I'm kind of the weird guy, but when it comes to roles, uh, is Belinda on Sonic Boom? Oh my gosh! I love her! <laughs> That's hilarious! <laughs> and, and the reason I love her is because, you know, once her husband goes into full villainy, she goes <laughs> maniacal super villain quick. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And it's and it's hilarious and and I just and I just love her because I I'm I love it when actors voice actors who are known for a specific role get to play outside of their character I I just love that I I don't know why but every time I Dave the intern is my favorite Roger oh, Smith role if, so <laughs> if ever there should be another show out of Sonic Boom it should be Dave the intern he was my favorite yeah he was brilliant because because it. It's just so hard because, you know, when you listen to Roger talk, he has this like deep voice, but he can just go into, go into that nasally teenager so well. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Seriously, we peed our pants every time he was Dave Vandrew. It was the I, best. I'm on my break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was so funny. I liked Beth the Shrew too on that show. Uh, she's she's a she's a she's really cute. You bet. <laughs> you reckon? Betcha. <laughs> yeah, betcha. <laughs> yeah, uh, she was. So, um, speaking of characters, if you could voice any existing character from any established franchise, who would it be and why? Oh, established franchise character. Mm -hmm. I would love to play another superhero heroine. Um, like I'd love to do Gamora. Or um, 
or Wonder Woman or Supergirl or another, um, I think another, I, I, yeah, that's so hard. That's a hard question. Um, I also, my dream, dream, dream job would to be, be to voice a character. It doesn't have to be an established one. I'll take any character you got, um, that gets to sing in a Disney movie. Um, like I'll be like Olaf's snowman sister in Frozen. <laughs> I just want to be in a, in a movie that I get to sing in. Yeah. And do you have a, do you have a singing background? I'm kind of curious now about that. I do. I do. I actually started out, um, music was always in my house. I actually learned to read music before I learned to read. Um, and I, I didn't know I could sing until, I mean, you know, like we, my mom always sang in the choir at church and stuff. And there was always music in the house, but it didn't really occur to me that I could sing like in front of people. And I did my very first musical when I was 12. I was actually kind of a really shy kid. Um, but I was Hava in Fiddler on the Roof when I was 12. And that was it for me. And I, then I, you know, did musicals all through high school. I was in the musical theater department at the University of Michigan. Um, so yeah, singing has been my thing. And when they let me sing, oh, I sing. I'm very happy when they let me sing. Yeah, yeah you must have lost your mind when, when during the boy band episode of Sonic Boom. <laughs> so much fun. And the funny thing too is Cindy and I were always next to each other, standwise in the in the room, and something both of us would get triggered. You know, I don't know if you knew that she was on Broadway, so she's yeah, yeah, she, she has a, she has a theater background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we would both be triggered by the same word. We would start singing the same song in the same key, and we would even know choreography. It was, you know, many sessions stopped by Cindy and my singing. But it was still fun. I don't think we were too annoying about it. Maybe we were. I don't know. But we didn't feel like we were. Well, I mean, you know, once you, once you, you know, you get bit by the, you know, uh, you know, Broadway bug, it, it's hard to, to stop, really. Yeah. For sure. I can, I can just imagine now, like, you having to be wrangled back, you and, you and oh. her to be, having to be, like, told to stop and, and stop singing and we gotta get through this. <laughs> we seriously so need to. Like, okay, girls, that's enough. You know, for ladies, they probably didn't call us girls. Um, but yeah, like, okay, save it for the break. <laughs> but can I at least sing one song? No. <laughs> Sometimes there was no stopping us, though. We were well into it. Like I said, I am. I, like I said, I am amazed they, they got anything done on that show. To be quite honest, considering how crazy the cast was. It's true. And um, uh, finally, what what advice would you give to aspiring voice actors? I would say take acting classes. Start with acting classes. Um, learn how to create full, well-rounded characters. Think in terms of character instead of voice. And know your instrument, know what you can do with your voice, um, and keep at it. Listen to other voice actors, listen to commercials. I know that's, you know, most people, that's how I was. I wanted to just do animation, but I tell you, there's something to this commercial thing and, you know, that can help you out with your bills and it's easy. And, um, anyway, so know your voice, take classes and don't let people tell you no. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. it, 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 uh, commercials help as well for you to get. It's a it's a good way to to for you to get used to um, doing voiceover and and how the process works and 
And if that's something you want to do, then, you know, go for it. For sure. But, it, you know, it, it, it all comes down to acting. You have to be an actor first. You have to take classes. And improv classes are great. Even commercial copy classes are great. Um, anything to, like, get you out of your head and um, creating characters is what I would say. And, and, and yeah, and, and that's another thing. It's like, you know, always play around. Don't, don't be afraid to play around when it comes to sure. voices. Yeah. Stretch your, stretch yourself, you know, test your range. Um, you know, mimicking is a great way to get started, but then you have to make it your own. Um, you know, but it is a good way to sort of stretch yourself and say, Hey, could I do that character that Fred Tattashore does? Or, you know, can I do Scooby-Doo? Can I do, you know, any of these iconic characters? And you can stretch yourself that way, but then you got to find a way to take elements of that and make it your own and a new full-fledged character. And yeah. And finally, can you give us any updates on any projects you're currently working on? The most recent project that I've been working on is um, Boruto, which is now airing. Um, it is on Toonami on Saturday nights. Um, that is the only one that I can talk about at the moment. Um, I know. Everything's so secret, very hush-hush um, in the voiceover world. But that is my, my latest and greatest. And I have to say... She is becoming one of my favorite parts. I love me some Chocho. She cracks me up. I really like her a lot. So I don't know if you're familiar. Give it a chance. I still play Eno as well. Um, but Konohamaru grew up, so they turned him into a boy. A real boy. <laughs> it's like Pinocchio. <laughs> but, um, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm up to. And, and of course, you're, well, you're still Tails, obviously. <laughs> I am. And there, like I, like I said, there's, I've worked on some, some video games that are coming. So a few things here and there. I'm, I'm working on something I'm very excited about next week, but I, I can't talk about it yet. Oh, so, darn. <laughs> if you can, I'll let everybody know on Twitter and Instagram and the Facebook. So, and, and speaking of social media, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at VO Colleen. You can find me on Instagram at Colleen O'Shaughnessy, which I know is big and long. I also have a website, ColleenO'Shaughnessy.com. And I have a fan page on Facebook. I believe it's Colleen O'Shaughnessy Voice Actor. I think that's where you find me on Facebook. Um, but I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Thank, thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. And, and as always, if you you know if you want to for whatever reason come back, <laughs> you know I'd be happy to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me, and it was a pleasure talking to you too. Thanks so much.